you for tuning in to Art to Heart, where I delve into the creative minds of the artists in the Fort Wayne area. Each episode sheds light on the thoughts, feelings, and backgrounds of the artisans who bring pizzazz to Fort Wayne. Tune in for tips on tapping into your creative soul and for information about upcoming events in the arts community. Today, I am joined by my friend, Alec Johnson. Alec is a composer, producer, and performer in Fort Wayne. Alec has over 20 years of creating original music under his belt. He uses music and technology in films, live productions, and art installations to push the boundaries of art as we know it. He also has his own digital artwork series. And wait, there's more. Alec is the co-founder of Publicity Studio Collective. And these are just his side jobs. So Alec is always working on a new project and is a blast to work with. And I'm thrilled to be interviewing him today. So let's get started. Hi, Alec. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Mandy, for having me. I'm glad to be here. So I first met you when we were working on a project titled Synesthesia Number 1. It was the first installment in 2014. And this incredible project was a collaboration with you, Dance Contemporary, which I'm a part of, Dry Valleys, and Metavari. And our goal with this show is to blur the senses of our audience and explore new ways to interpret how we as humans both see and feel music. And we had a sold-out show. And the feedback we received was outstanding. Can you explain your role in the show? Sure, yeah, that was a great project. It started out with, I think, with Nate, Utesh, and Adam asking me to help out with some projection mm-hmm. work. And so we started talking about you know, what we could do with projection and then projection mapping to sort of make the show even more rich. And I described some experiments that I was doing with motion capture and being able to capture the motion of dancers and have those interact with what was going on in the projection. And so I thought this was a good opportunity to try something like that. And then in the process of, I I really didn't know Adam at this point. Mm -hmm. This is sort of the first time I had met Adam. And we started talking about music and his record label. And and so we, we decided just to get together and play some music together. How fun. Which we did in my studio. And kind of from that point on, we've been working together on various projects. But what that did was um, sort of change or add to what I was going to be doing for Synesthesia because then Adam and I decided just to do a live performance mm-hmm. um, as part of that as part of that show. Yeah. And so the, the, the trickiest part, obviously probably to you because you were part of this, was, <laughs> yeah. was the motion capture. And Definitely. the technology that I was using at that time was – was really just sort of cobbled together and I was just experimenting and wasn't exactly sure what was going on. So if you remember, if more than one dancer got in front of the motion capture sensor, then it completely shut down my computer. Right. So we had to be very careful that there was only one dancer in front of it at a time. And I've since completely solved that issue and I can probably have 50 dancers and capture that motion. For synesthesia number two. Yeah, hopefully there's a (laughs) synesthesia number two. We've talked, Nate and I have, have definitely discuss the idea of doing another one and we we certainly want to but we've both been kind of busy with various projects so I can imagine um and for our listeners I'm going to kind of explain what the projection mapping that's what you called it kind yep. of was what it ended up looking like to the audience was that 
items were falling from the ceiling. Maybe they were balls or different shapes. And every time we moved, even though we weren't actually touching an object, our movements made those objects change their location, change shape. And um, if we moved our elbow up, then the balls seemed to bounce off of our elbows back up to the sky. And it, it was kind of like being in our own virtual uh, reality game. It was amazing. Yeah. And you've also worked with Fort Wayne Ballet on an original work. Tell us about that project. Okay. That was, uh, I guess, somewhat similar to what we did with synesthesia, other than there was a, a component of education involved in this project. Oh, great. The ballet... Actually, it started out with a conversation with David Ingram, Mm -hmm. who was working for the Fort Wayne Ballet at a party. And he had heard that I was doing some work with projection mapping and motion capture Mm -hmm. and um, some other digital art things. And so he just, we just talked about, you know, how could we use that with Fort Wayne Ballet's performance? And in the end, we thought maybe that would be great, but it would also be fun to integrate that into the outreach that Fort Wayne Ballet does into the schools. Oh, fun. So they do an outreach program at schools across the city. And David said that there was a real challenge in getting kids, uh, especially middle school aged boys, to move. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> they were essentially teaching them, you know, different types of movement. Mm-hmm. And they, the guys were, were really reluctant to to actually move in front of their friends and girls and whatever. Yeah. And so we thought maybe if we could use this motion capture and get the focus off of them mm-hmm. um, that maybe we could we could get them moving. And so this was just a conversation that we had at a party. I don't know, two months later, he asked to meet with me and said that they had gotten through the first round of a grant to pay to actually hire me to conduct workshops with the ballet to teach them the technology oh and to buy the equipment that they needed. Yeah. And he said, I hope you're not mad at me. And, you know, we didn't really talk about applying for this grant. And I said, well, if it, you know, if we don't have to have it done in two weeks, that, that'd be that'd be great. Yeah. I'm happy to be involved. So so we started, um, I helped him finish up the grant, second round of the grant and equipment list and and sort of, I built a curriculum for the ballet. You know, my, my goal wasn't to have a permanent job, you know, with the Fort Wayne Ballet. It was to teach them how to use the technology to purchase the technology so the ballet owned it so that they could take that into the schools and continue to to use that same technology. So it ended up being super successful, at least as far as the ballet was concerned with this mm-hmm. outreach program. The idea was that essentially if you're capturing the motion of, let's just say, you know, a 12-year-old kid, um, you could, for instance, trigger a drum loop by moving your, by lift, by raising your arm, or you could change oh, the yeah. volume of music by moving your arm up and down plus at the same time it was projecting onto a screen what they were doing and it was sort of had effects on it and you know it looked cool so everybody was looking at that screen and they weren't looking at the kid oh wow so the kid felt very free to mm-hmm. move around and do whatever he felt like doing um without the eyes of his classmates and right and, and that on him so that that was the educational component um they took it into the schools worked out great the, the ballet company the dancers in the company mm-hmm. sort of fell in love with the technology oh, and, yeah. and so they've been you know I haven't worked with them now for two months and they just keep they just keep going with it so it certainly uh, has captured their imagination and, and now they're coming back to me and saying let's do a show right. next year where we can integrate that technology into a one of the Fort Wayne Ballet's performances what a game changer yeah. that's just so great very cool 
So those are your live performances that you do. And you also have uh, installation projects. Where does your inspiration and new ideas come from for creating installations? And maybe you could actually explain to us, too, what an installation is. Sure. Yeah, what we just described, you know, besides the education was some performance things. And so once in a while, somebody invites me or or we brain, I brainstorm with a friend on a project that's more of a performance where we're in front of an audience. It's a one-time thing, maybe two nights. What happens is it usually is a result of curiosity. So mm-hmm. the projection mapping thing, the digital art, all came from my first experience in the Black Box Theater on the grand opening where I just looked around and saw these big, blank black walls right and said wouldn't it be great to do my first thought was a musical performance in here oh yeah and to be able to be in the center and have seating all around you mm-hmm. in the round yeah in yeah. the round and then I started thinking well what if you could project an animation across those walls and it kind of chased around you know 360 around that entire wall mm-hmm. I didn't have any idea how to do that at the time yeah and this was I'm not sure you know this was at least uh, half a year before the synesthesia performance mm-hmm. And so I essentially just started researching how I would accomplish that. Oh, wow. And so in that process, I discovered software and programming languages and things that enabled me to accomplish those things. And so each one of those was just a little rabbit hole that I would go down and experiment with and figure out, you know, is this something I can use in either music or art or performance or even in my job? And I would find, you know, sort of techniques that would work together. And so... I guess the installations have been primarily um, art gallery installations, and, okay. and there they've been a variety of things. But the last one I did was with Jennifer Ford Art, yeah, and they had a, a satellite gallery from her regular gallery at the Cinema Center. Oh, fun! Right, and so I worked with a friend of mine who's a sculptor, a classically trained sculptor, and I was doing digital generative art, mm-hmm. which was essentially using programming, computer programming language, to set rules and and parameters and then you just sort of let it run and it almost creates these things itself but much like an artist needs to know how to use you know Carrie had to know how to use chisels and hammers and, right. and those types of things I had to have complete control over that medium so I had to know sort of what was I setting up and what was going to happen in some cases but in the end it usually ended up being the generative part mm-hmm. has a bit of randomness to it and many of the pieces that I did actually were completely random and changed constantly. So this is essentially a screen. I mean, mm-hmm. the canvas is a digital screen, a flat screen, and then a software is running, the programming language is running um, in the background, and so what you're seeing on the screen is the piece of art. Oh, cool. And so those were hung up in the gallery, and then um, Carrie and I worked together to design some um, displays using steel and stone and sort of looking at that dichotomy between this brand new sort of technology and art, kind of an up-and-coming form of art, mm-hmm. and the stuff that he does that's very classical and basic materials and been around forever. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun to explore how those things work together. And in the end, we got a lot of great comments from folks that came to the opening about how that that sort of clashing of those two different things ends up becoming something even more interesting than either one of them by themselves. Yeah. That's interesting, too, that you maybe come up with an idea that's out of your wheelhouse and then have to work backwards and figure out how to do it and hope that it's possible. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's that's essentially my entire journey with art. Oh yeah. For the most part, and music, um, mm-hmm. it's just been. I want to accomplish something. There's something that I've got and sort of in my imagination. And I think, well, how can I make that happen? Right. And at this time, you know, in the world with the internet and, and being able to learn how to do anything you want, essentially, mm-hmm. um, it's just amazing to me that any, anything that I, if I want to learn how to do 3d animation, you know, just like Pixar, I can learn how to do that through the internet. Through the internet. Yeah. I can get open source software that enables me to do that at the same level as a professional animator. And yeah. so it's just up to me how far I want to push that. So, mm-hmm. you know, but my biggest challenge is time management and understanding, you know, how much time should I spend learning this thing or doing this thing? Yeah. And so I've gotten better at that. You know, five years ago, I was jumping down every rabbit hole I could find. <laughs> and I was saying yes to every project that anybody asked me to oh do. Oh, my gosh. So now I've, I've sort of come to the point where I've got certain things that, I, that I'm really interested in exploring, and so I'm a little more focused on those things. Right. So, yeah. Well, that's good. Well, so speaking of your music, you've been writing music for about 20 years, yeah. I had read. You wrote for Citizen River, which was a linchpin creative project in partnership with YLNI and Lincoln Financial. You did work for NeighborLink and TEDx Fort Wayne and several other organizations and individuals. Can you walk us through your creation process for your music, for composing? Sure. Um, the things that you talked about are sort of the latest mm-hmm. iteration of you know what I'm doing musically. And I haven't always done that sort of thing. You know, I started out singing in church. And, oh, wow. <laughs> and I actually was in a few church groups that traveled the country and and did performances when I was younger, and then became very interested in a lot of different kinds of music after high school, and mostly focused on sort of a singer-songwriter kind of folk music writing songs and singing and playing those. Mm -hmm. I think that what happened at one point was I started seeing, again, these technologies that were available for a home studio, because the thing that always prevented me from taking my music to the next level performance-wise was that to go into a recording studio and record was very expensive. Mm-hmm. And as home studios became more prevalent and the technology became cheaper, I began building a studio at home. Okay. And so I, again, was teaching myself, you know, how to, how to what, what should I buy, researching, and then ended up outfitting the studio, learning sort of the basics of using a digital audio studio and kind of felt like for a while, like I was sort of not wasting my time, but I was just kind of messing around. You know, I was just learning this technology at the same time I was using it to perform my music privately. I wasn't playing out anywhere. I wasn't recording anything or sharing anything with anybody. And I worked on that for years. And then the opportunity came when Kelly Lynch approached me and he had just heard a couple snippets of some SoundCloud things that I had done Mm -hmm. and said, I'd love for you to do the music for these Citizen Wayne series of videos. And so that was sort of the first time anybody had challenged me to compose music specifically for a soundtrack or for a piece of video. And it was a, it was a really fun challenge for me. And what I found was that all those years I'd spent just sort of noodling around and messing around, um, I had actually learned something. Mm-hmm. And so when it came time to try to create an emotion that I felt the video was trying to portray, it was really easy for me to use um, those skills that I had learned. And so essentially... The process for that type of work is I'll get rough cuts of the video mm-hmm. and got a nice big display in my studio and I'll have my audio equipment set up and the video play and I'll watch that video probably 
no exaggeration, like 50 or more times <laughs> just to really see it. exactly when things happen. Yeah. You know, where should I be? What should I be doing to push emotional buttons? And mm -hmm. what's the, what, what are those emotions in this case? Or, you know, whatever the video is. And, and then I'll start to think about instrumentation and whether I want to use an acoustic guitar recorded or whether I want to use a synthesizer. Um, and I'll build that instrumentation. And then I'll just slowly watch that video and I'll play along mm -hmm. and experiment and do what I can to sort of flesh out that emotion. And so that's essentially the process. It, you know, some things come easier and faster than others. Some are a lot tougher. Sometimes I'll work on an idea for a week. Oh, wow. And then I'll scrap it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just say that's not, you know, it's not working and I'll yeah. start all over. And suddenly something that I... You know, just sort of uh, throw together. Well, all of a sudden, be this is exactly perfect. You know, this is perfect, and so I can't be too precious about you know the work that I'm doing. In this case, I mean, it's 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 not quite commercial. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like I'm trying to be out there making money and you know selling a product. It's usually the challenge is is taking a piece of video. You know, for Neighborlink, for example, that's trying to tell a story, trying to elicit some emotion in the viewers. And I'll figure out how to do that. So I'm, I've become very good at making people cry with music. <laughs> or Just with, what you want. Yeah, well, you know, making people that's sort of though. feel emotional, right. you know, about, about the content. And so that's sort of the value that I offer, I think, when videographers or nonprofits or businesses even mm -hmm. want to work with me on a project is I can take their video and rather than, rather than them just using stock mm -hmm. music, which is sort of the easiest thing to do. And yeah, but very impersonal. Yeah, and it's and it's it might give the general feeling, but mm -hmm. if you can actually custom write the music to the video, there's an opportunity there to make it much more effective. And so that's that's sort of what's kept me rolling in that in that realm. So I haven't done anything with that probably for six months, and that's mostly just because I've been working on some other projects. But um, I do tend to bounce around between that type <laughs> of thing and art projects and the yeah. performance projection mapping projects and yeah and you have your digital art and then right. you're the co-founder of publicity studio collective here right. in fort wayne and for those of us who are not familiar with publicity studio collective can you tell us what that is sure that was uh sort of an effort to take work that i was doing with the sculpture i talked about earlier carrie mm -hmm. schaefer we were separately attempting to get public art installations across the country. So mm -hmm. there would be a call for entries or a competition for a piece of public art in various places. And we were each trying on our own to, to get those commissions. Mm -hmm. And my background in landscape architecture was obviously different in his, than his background as a classically trained stone carver. And so what we found was that a lot of these projects were sort of site specific. So it was a public art piece that was within a park or that we needed to design a small plaza to hold this. And so we decided to just start working together on these projects mm -hmm. and take advantage of his skills with fabrication, my skills with sort of laying things out and understanding the big picture and, and my experience with doing large projects just through my job right? And, and knowing how to manage those projects. And so we we just decided here's a more effective way for us to get these commissions and to win these competitions mm -hmm. if we work together on, on the projects. And so that's sort of where that was born out of. And since then, we've worked on a half a dozen commissions for, for public art projects across the, wow. across the country. So it, we sort of built it just to fill a need. Mm -hmm. I mean, Publicity Studios was essentially 
and the collective part of it means that if we've if we've got a commission that needs a muralist and mm-hmm. we pull in a muralist right. into the team and so that's enabled us to be really flexible with with how we approach those competitions that's great yeah. and you mentioned your other job and being an architect and I'm sure people are kind of listening to this maybe who don't know you and thinking oh my gosh he can do more he does more things so on top of your music on top of your art and the work you do with the collective you also work as the city landscape architect for the Fort Wayne Parks and Recreation Department and there you design new parks park improvements and do long-term master planning how do all of your activities complement one another Uh, That's a great question. They actually, and they do complement each other. Um, I would sort of flip that around. I would say that, you know, my, my, this is my full-time job is the city landscape architect Mm -hmm. with the parks department. Yeah. Um, These other things that we've been focusing on are things that sort of keep me sane and (laughs) and help me satisfy curiosity. And there's, you know, and I love my job and a big part of my job is creativity. Mm -hmm. And that's actually why I ended up in this field was because, after high school, I traveled for almost nine years um, around the country, just sort of messing around and, and, and working, trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do for a living, you know, what sort of career that I wanted. And when I discovered what landscape architecture was, I, I really had no clue what that was until I until I was exposed to it. Right. And it seemed to me that it was the perfect mix of, of science, of building things, of drawing, of creativity, imagination, and then a finished product that people are using and creating memories in was something that was really attractive to me. So yeah. I jumped right into that field and I, you know, I went to school when I was 29. I started college when I was 29 oh, wow. at Iowa state in Ames, Iowa. And you know, I had a mortgage and I, my son was born my second mm-hmm. semester. And oh my gosh. <laughs> it was, it was a rough, you know, yeah. four years and not much sleep, but in the end I, you know, I, I got a job in Minneapolis and lived there for a while and then, moved here to take this job as city landscape architect and a lot of the things that I've talked about already with curiosity sort of imagining what could be Mm -hmm. is what drives the creation that I do in in my career it's not quite as free form as you know what I do artistically because obviously in the city and in the parks department we're responding to, to, to needs <laughs> right. in the community. So if there's a need for, you know, an improvement in a park or we need to design a new park, you know, 80% of what I'm doing right now is involved with Riverfront. Yeah. With the new Riverfront Park and working with the design team on that. Which is so awesome. Yeah, it's it's really exciting and it's great to have that chance to be working on these things. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Part, a portion of that is public art, for example. So right. we're going to have public art in this. So the work that I've done with public art sort of already starts to inform the things that I'm doing as city landscape architect. A lot of the technologies that I've explored with projection and even some of the music things, maybe not directly, but they certainly translate to architecture into the built form into building spaces and specifically 3D sort of modeling and animation. You know, when you're, when you're working on a design for a park, you want people, people to be able to see what that, see and feel what right. that's going to be like when yeah. it's built. So you need to be a salesman in a certain sense. And so learning the technology to do that 3D modeling and animation and rendering is sort of the same part of my brain as when I'm doing these art projects that are based on that type of technology. So, yeah. so there's definitely overlap. Um, just being part of a creative community in the mm-hmm. arts 
has opened doors in in my career with the parks department. Right. Um, meeting a lot of people that I wouldn't have met and who end up being assets for the work that we do at the parks department. And, you know, I think that it was surprising to me to see the level at which the Fort Wayne parks are appreciated by the community when I moved oh, here. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'll be honest, this was a three-year plan to be in Fort Wayne. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah and now it's... It's been 10 years. Nice. <laughs> so we moved here from Minneapolis, and the mm -hmm. plan was work here for a few years and then go back mm -hmm. to Minneapolis and start my own firm there. Right. But what I saw was that Fort Wayne was changing, mm -hmm. and Fort Wayne was uh, reimagining itself, and the things that I do, the thing that I did for a living sort of fit right in with that, and I saw an opportunity to be a part of that. And so we decided, my wife and I just had a discussion at one point at about three years of being here and said, are we leaving or are we staying? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we're not really talking about which one we're doing right now. And, and so we decided that we were definitely going to definitely gonna stay and be a part of that. And we haven't looked back. I mean, we have no intention of going anywhere. And we're super excited to see all the things that are happening in Fort Wayne. And I can tell you, if they hadn't happened, I don't think that we would have stuck around. So. Yeah. It seems that everything that you've worked on in the past couple of years since I've known you has been the projects in Fort Wayne that's really made our community unique and up and coming. And so I know I'm really thankful for the work that you've done for our community. And I always have a blast working with you. Your projects are always really fun and exciting. So you're here in Fort Wayne. You've been here for 10 years. What would you like to accomplish artistically in the next five years? Artistically? Um, well, I think that you know, I'm, I'm going to continue to work on refining my skills um, with digital art. I've, I've recently done a commission on a, with a, um, an actual painting. So, oh, fun. So, you know, I've never really done any painting sort of experimented with it over the years but so not your digital work like no, with your hands painting on a canvas oh, wow. so, so I was commissioned to do a painting for one of the universities in town and so I had to learn how to stretch a canvas and <laughs> <laughs> and mix colors and do all these things and again it was just you know I had a vision for what I wanted mm -hmm. I wanted to paint and it was a matter of sort of learning these skills in a very rudimentary way to be able to accomplish that and then since then I've, I've I've continued with that and I've sort of worked on that, but it was frustrating. And, and a lot of the things that I do are frustrating in the beginning when I don't know, you know, what I'm doing. So the painting I changed, you know, I probably repainted over this canvas like eight or nine times <laughs> before I finally got what yeah. I wanted. So that was really fun for me. And it was a lot different than what I do with the digital art, essentially because I, I could lose myself in that process of painting. Right. It's a little harder for me to lose myself in, you know, the process of clicking. No. Click, well, you know, of, <laughs> of, of yeah, and, and of typing and yeah. moving a mouse around and doing, you know, it still requires imagination and thought, but it, I, I don't lose myself like I do when I'm playing music or right. or what I found with painting. So I'd like to explore that a little bit further. I'd, I'd certainly love to do more collaborations. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the funnest thing is to oh, be yeah. able to collaborate on projects. And I love working with dancers. Mm -hmm. um, I love working with other musicians. So I, I think probably brainstorming some ideas of, you know, what, what kind of really cool performance projects could we do. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you know, I have no um, ambition to, you know, be 
super successful as an artist or to make mm-hmm. a living as an artist. It's really for my own sanity and yeah. joy is the reason I do that. And so, um, but I would love to increase the audience. I mean, oh, I think yeah. I think the more people that can be exposed to any kind of art, the better. And so that's my favorite thing about you know what I've been doing, and that's you know what I'm going to move forward with in the next five years is. You know, it's a privilege to be able to create art and to share it with people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to do that as well. Oh, yeah. I think that, you know, as crazy as things are, you know, in the world right now, <laughs> to be able to create something that gives somebody joy and lets them forget about all these other things for a little bit is really important to me. And it's really, in the end, what keeps me coming back to these projects and the volunteering for things that I know are going to be hard. And <laughs> and you wonder at some point in the middle of it, why am I, why am I here? Well, yeah. I don't really have to be doing this. Yeah. Why am I doing this? But in the end, that's, that's, that's where it always lands is it's a privilege to be able to create something hopefully of beauty and share that with somebody else. So I'm just going to keep doing things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not yeah. sure exactly what form they're going to take. Like I said, I bounce around a lot. And so I typically, if I'm doing music for, know a project i'll not want to do anything with music for a while and so oh, i'll yeah. move to back to a different medium yeah and so um i think the last thing i did was a projection mapping performance at arts lab uh, a couple weeks fun. ago and for the creative women of the world oh yeah annual meeting mm-hmm. that was the last thing i did so i'm thinking i'm about due for some kind of musical endeavor so awesome we'll see what happens with that very cool. So do you have anything upcoming that we can look forward to? Um, well, I don't have any specific art projects. I've, we, just, we just came off of um, planning and sort of pulling off the Middle, Middle Ways Music Festival. Oh my gosh, which is so amazing. Yeah, thank you. And that was a great you know, team effort, obviously, and it was something mm-hmm. that I was really wrapped up in for a long time. Oh, yeah. And so now that that's over, I've sort of I feel this need to spend some time with my family mm-hmm. <laughs> and to maybe not take anything on for just a little bit. Yeah. So I'm, you know, spending a little time back in the studio playing music and sort of waiting, I guess, for what that next opportunity is. Awesome. Um, but there is, I don't, I don't really have any upcoming installations. I don't have any performances coming up, but I'm sure that something's going to change. That will change, yeah. Sure that will change. <laughs> so where can we find you on social media to check out everything Alec? <laughs> okay. Well, I... SmartAlecProductions.com is is where you can find at least a way to contact me. And there's mm-hmm. some I, I'm I do a really bad job of keeping it <laughs> updated. <laughs> you know, I usually wait until well, maybe this is a good time to work on that because yeah. I usually wait until a lull between projects. Oh yeah, there you go. That's can, what you're doing yes, now. Then where I can go back and update the website with all the things that I've worked on in the yeah. last year. So that's probably a good thing to do. So that's www.SmartAlecProductions.com. Other than that, generally, if there's something that, that I'm involved with creatively, mm-hmm. which, like I said, is usually a collaboration. Mm-hmm. So that, that collaboration happens to be with Dance Collective or Dance Contemporary or mm-hmm. the ballet, then usually they're, they're promoting those things as well. So yeah. that's how they, people end up finding out about them. Great. Well, it was a pleasure learning more about you. I'm just blown away by everything that, you're, that you do, everything that you do for our community and um, it's funny anytime I am talking with someone relating to art in Fort Wayne somehow your name comes up and I'm like wow he's involved in this too it's just hilarious and you do a really great job of giving back to our community so thanks thank you very much it's nice of you to say that 
Yeah, and I look forward to my next project with you. All right, me too. (laughs) To end today's podcast, I'd like to actually quote Jay-Z. I just loved this quote, so I had to share it with you guys. Artists can have greater access to reality. They can see patterns and details and connections that other people, distracted by the blur of life, might miss. Just sharing that truth can be a very powerful thing. And that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in, everyone.